Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday evening. It's 5 p.m. Richie, no football this weekend. That's kind of depressing. The Pro Bowl doesn't count. The skill stuff that they're doing, this this certainly doesn't count. So um, no football, a little bit depressing. But how's your weekend been? Good, man. I, I just wish they would get rid of the Pro Bowl altogether at this point and bring back the old school quarterback skills challenge. You know, when the Randall Cunningham, Daryl Marino, Drew Bledsoe days. That would be a blast. Maybe you wouldn't have guys like Josh Allen pretending to be hurt uh, while playing in the Pebble Beach uh, AT&T Pro-Am out in Torrey Pines. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Okay, so I liked the Pro Bowl when it was after. I mean, I get now guys don't want to get hurt and stuff, but I liked the Pro Bowl like back in the day. Like back when guys cared about it, the Pro Bowl was fun. It was like it was your like last taste of games. Nobody cares anymore. Yeah, it's just – it was good back in the day though. Like yeah. way back when – you know, you're talking, yeah, I'm talking like 2000. Like guys cared about the Pro Bowl then. I thought it was fun. Now, so well, it was an honor to get selected to the Pro Bowl. Now you have quarterbacks you've never heard of earning pro, all pro honors. And, you know, it's just, it's lost its luster. And maybe it's just us being old men uh, upset about nostalgia or whatever it may be. But I tried to watch a little bit today. I, I I did see Jalen Ramsey lay out uh, Tyreek Hill, and I did see Dalvin Cook score a touchdown. So th that was cool. Go Knowles is really the only uh, the only thing that we've got here. So, all right, if you're watching this, if you're listening to it, we got a lot we want to go over tonight. Got a lot of recruiting updates as far as FSU getting a lot of offers out this week. So the board is expanding in several places. We'll talk through some of those. Want to chat through um, FSU in a, a much better position financially than they've been in the last couple of years. We'll talk through that as well. A little bit of basketball, a little bit about the Senior Bowl. Jamie had some good stuff out there. So we'll get after it. If you're watching, if you're listening, whether you're watching this now or on replay, do us a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, hang out with us down there in the comments. We always appreciate that. And um, make sure you're subscribed. We, uh, we don't charge anything for this. We don't ask anything for this. But if you could make sure that you're subscribed, we certainly would appreciate that. Help us grow the channel. We've seen pretty good growth um, in uh, in May or June of this year. I think we had about 500 subscribers. We're up over 5,500 now. And our, our goal is to get to 10,000 by the time the season starts. So help us get there. And uh, thank you guys for hanging out and the ride that we've been on over the last several months. Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Appreciate our good friends over at Guthrie's for their support and appreciate them for rocking with us uh, really for this whole journey that we've been on for a little over two and a half years now. Uh, Richie, let's jump into some recruiting here. This is I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit long winded on this. So don't yell at me and I'll you know, anytime you want to pop in and say something. You're just going to have to interrupt me maybe between guys. Uh, but if not, I'm just going to go through some of the offers that FSU handed out uh, over the last week. I'm going to do all the 24 guys that I can find. I, you know, I know they handed out some 26, 25 offers as well. I can't be, I can't be keeping up with all that, but let's talk about some 2024 guys. And we'll talk some recruiting in big picture here, and then we'll go from there. Uh, first up four-star cornerback, John Mitchell. He's a six foot, 160 pound, uh, quarterback, like we said, he's been on campus before. Sertain wasn't there when he visited last. He's an offer that went out this year or this week. Three-star offensive lineman Alex January out of Texas. He's 6'4", 325 pounds, likely an interior offensive lineman 
with offers from UGA, LSU, Miami, Oregon, Texas, and USC. Artavius Jones is a 6'4", 285-pound athlete from the panhandle, likely a defensive lineman, but could potentially play on the offensive side of the ball. Not currently rated, but did pick up several other in-state offers. Miami, UCF um, were at the top there. I'll do this one, Richie, and then if you have anything, let me know. 2024, 6'5", 218-pound Amir Jackson from Portal, Georgia. I feel like a city named Portal means that it's an absolute lock for FSU. He's currently listed as an athlete. He told Knowles 247 that FSU liked him as a tight end. Big kid, really, really physical. Um, like I said, 6'5", 220, and he's got another year of high school to go. Portal, Georgia feels like it'd be a lock for FSU, right, Richie? I mean, you would think so because Mike Norvell, as much as Lane Kiffin likes to claim he is, we I think universally Mike Norvell is regarded as the best coach in the country when it comes to the portal. Obviously a different kind of portal here. Uh, but again, if we're getting back to those roots of, uh, I know you mentioned some Texas kids in there, but really locking down Florida and Georgia, that's huge for Florida State to, you know, kind of build the core of their roster around that. And then as Pat Sertin said, go out and find the best players possible in the country uh, uh, to fill the rest of the holes. But I love the geography and where we're recruiting for what it seems like right now in the, the 2024 class. Yeah, there definitely has been a focus there. A lot of guys in Texas, like you said, as well, can kind of understand that with some of the talent that we'll get yeah. here um, here in a moment. Uh, four, this is a really big one. Four-star edge Jalen Harvey. He's a 6'2", 235-pound defensive end. Has offers from Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Boston College, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, among others. Currently, he's a top 250 type player. According to 247, he's 244th overall prospect. And Florida State needs to continue to and start to develop this position because you're not always going to be able to hit the home run in, like we just talked about, the transfer portal. I know they're really excited about having boots on campus. I know they really, really love Pat Payton and some of the other guys that they've brought on. But you're not always going to be able to just go take a big swing at a Jared Verse. There's not always a Jermaine Johnson like that out in the portal this year. For example, I don't think there was a guy like that this year in the portal. I really like what we picked up in Edmond, but I don't. If, if Verse would have gone in the NFL, there wasn't just another Jared Verse or Jermaine Johnson out there. And so, I really like Harvey. Like I said, top two fifty type kid with a good year and some good camps. He could rise up into that top two hundred ish range. A jump of forty spots over an entire season is not that much uh, if a kid really develops. Now, by the same token, he could fall forty spots and be a top three hundred kid, but. There's a, a kid that a lot of SEC programs are after and somebody that I think Florida State would really like to get. Uh, another one, uh, 2024, 6'2", 220-pound linebacker, Tristan Jernigan, has offers from both Ole Miss and Memphis, among others. Uh, it's good to see the linebacker board expand here some. We didn't, we haven't talked about Dylan Brown-Turner, um, who we can kind of briefly mention, but a lot of people question what Randy's doing right now and what's that linebacker recruiting look like this kid could end up being pretty good um i don't know that this fixes all the concerns around linebacker recruiting there's a kid with offers from old miss and memphis but he is there from mississippi doesn't have a massive offer list anywhere but i think a, a kid that you know florida state would like to advance with and you'd like to see linebacker recruiting improve even more but that's you know not the worst to to start out with 
Yeah, and one thing we've noticed with Mike Norvell, especially when it comes to high school recruiting, you know, he he's not had that top 10 high school class yet, which I think 2024 could be the year for him. But when he identifies talent, it's funny to watch the rest of the offers kind of flow in. It's almost like peak Jimbo when he would offer a quarterback, you know, like a Jacob Coker who nobody had heard of. And then all of a sudden Nick Saban's called up said, Hey, yeah, I need you here, man. Like, you know, scouting you. Seems, it seems a lot of college coaches trust Mike Norvell's evaluations. And when an offer goes out, their offer list seems to blow up pretty quickly. So Again, linebackers, the one position we haven't really recruited well from the high school ranks. Uh, thank goodness for a guy like Ted Bluthune and the development of Kaitlin Deloach. But yeah, that that that's an area we need to see improvement on. But again, I'm not going to sit here and question Mike Norvell's evals. If he's sending out committable offers at this point, he must really like them. But otherwise, you get someone like the linebacker that just uh, signed on signing day or, or right before signing day where you know Norvell kind of kept him warm and gave him the green light. But if he's giving committable offers, which you never know what these are, if these are or are not, a lot of times coaches want you to get to campus. They want to see your measurables. They want to see you work out. But I, I have no problem with Mike Norvell sending out early offers to someone who may not be as highly regarded just yet, because this summer that player may blow up. We don't know yet. Yeah. Luke Cromenhoek uh, started as a three-star when we offered yeah. him and uh, he's going to be knocking on the door of a five-star. I don't know if he gets to the five-star status, but um Florida's gonna have to work his butts off to. I, I think he's solid on offer yeah. list. Yeah, but he's gonna. He's he's one of those dudes. So, uh, 2024. These are all 2024. So I don't have to keep saying that. But four star <laughs> defensive lineman Justin Green. He's a 6'4", 260 pound defensive lineman. He's the number thirty seven overall prospect. We had a question a couple of lives ago. It wasn't our show on Sunday. I think it was the show uh, that I did on Friday. So just like the the. Question show. If somebody asked about defensive tackle recruiting. Somebody asked, you know, are we in on any five-star defensive linemen? Being the number 37 overall prospect, the way the 247 works is their top 32 kids are five stars. So you got a guy that's like right there, really, really close to it. Um, you know, he may be kind of an edge guy. He actually tagged uh, Papuchas in his in his offer. So might be an edge guy, but either way, you're you're talking about a kid that's pretty elite being in that top 50. Again, number 37 overall, number six defensive lineman, according to 247 Sports. Again, I'm thinking he's interior, but we'll see kind of how things shake out. 6'4", 260, um, Auburn, UF, UGA, UK, uh, Michigan State, USC have all offered among others. And there's a guy right there that if you're able to get in and, and make a pretty big impact with, Justin Green, four-star defensive lineman. Um, that's a guy that is is going to boost your class a ton. And would boost your defensive line an absolute ton. Fringe five star if the rankings were to be kind of finalized today. Now we'll see again. A lot can change between now and next January when all of the rankings do get finalized, finalized. But there's a guy that could very well be a, a five star uh, if he blossoms and, and grows. And he'll be even harder to get if that's the case. But uh, there's a, a guy that Florida State offered this week. Two more and we'll uh, move on to some other stuff. Three-star 2024 offensive lineman, Makai Sinai. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, but he doesn't have a traditional name, so I'm doing my best here. 6'4", 275 prospect from Texas with quite the offer list. LSU, Miami, Texas A&M, Auburn, Penn State, USC, and others. Uh, right now, he's the 381st prospect nationwide. I would imagine that he rises. I really, really think that a lot of teams are in on him early. Again, 
Big kid, can't really teach size, 6'4", 275. He'll have his whole year ahead of him, and we'll see what he looks like coming into college after that. But a three-star now wouldn't shock me at all if he is a four-star by the time it's all said and done. And then one other four-star offensive tackle from Texas. He's the number six overall OT in the country, Michael Unai, U-I-N-I. Again, not exactly sure how to say that, but we're going to say Michael Unai for now. Um, number six offensive tackle in the country based on the 247 composite. His offer list is probably the best of anybody's we've listed so far today. Uh, Bama, Florida, Georgia, LSU, OU, Oregon, Michigan, Texas A&M, USC. Uh, pretty nasty. He's going to be really, really good. Uh, and he's a guy that Alex Atkins will need to work his butt off to get. But the offer went out this week and we'll kind of see where things go. It's good to see FSU expanding the board. It's good to see... Um, that uh, certain positions that we maybe had questions on becoming more solidified. I know that linebacker has been a big question that people have had, but Richie, we've talked about recruiting for a while. Florida state was going to see some benefits after their 10 win season. We're hoping some of these guys that we're mentioning getting offers, you're not going to go hundred percent here. We're listing a lot of offers. We're getting pretty in the weeds on recruiting because it has been such a slow week, but you're going to land some of these guys. And so it's good to see things kind of expanding. It's good to see the board expanding as Florida state looks to add to their 2024 class. Yeah. And what I love when you look who these prospects, who they're offering, who they're going up against, they're going up against Nick Saban, Kirby smart, Brian Kelly, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh, Jimbo. It's really impressive when you really look at these offer lists because this early, it's hard to really trust the evaluations because kids develop so much these days in high school from their junior to their senior year. And these rankings are going to shuffle all over the place when they do their, you know, every two month updates. But when we're this early in the recruiting cycle, stars are nice, right? We talked about this last week a little bit. I, I love getting five star commits. But I'm more interested in their offer list than I am in their national ranking at this point, whether it's, you know, 381 or top 100. I mean, give me the guy 381 that has offers from Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, than the guy that's, you know, number 98 that has like Oregon and maybe USC and, and not much else. So I, I'm excited to see how this plays out. You know, I, I haven't followed recruiting as closely until we get close to signing day, but this is a class with a 10 and three season to sell that I'm going to be very intrigued and paying very close attention to as the cycle goes on. Yeah, no, and I think you're going to see, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about one of them here in just a second, but I think there are some, some, some elite and I will just throw that word around. There's some guys that are pretty close to, you know, potentially committing to FSU that are, um, you know, pretty good talents and, and guys that, you know, Florida State is used to recruiting, hasn't been for the last couple of years, but uh, is is getting back to it. It's, uh, you know, if, if you guys have questions, again, we'll try to get to as much as we can probably towards the end of the show. But if you have questions that we certainly need to get to kind of right away, make sure that you hit that super chat. If you'd like a little bit more or you'd like to be a member, you can join our channel. Uh, you can subscribe, of course, to the channel as always, but you can also join the channel um, and support today. The link to that is in the description. If you don't just see it right here while you're watching, if you swipe down in the chat, there should be a little button that says join. If you don't see that, there's a link in the description that says become a member to get access to exclusive videos, video shout outs, um, private chats and different things there on the membership tab. Um, Richie, 
Let's see here. What do we have? Okay, BJ Gibson. Um, he was the avatar. He was the uh, like the YouTube, like the thing that you clicked on, right? The thumbnail. Yeah. I make these all day and can't remember any of them. <laughs> uh, he decommitted from Tennessee baseball recently. He's being recorded, recruited, obviously, as a two-sport athlete. We told you guys about how Florida State recruits two-sport athletes really, really well. If you go to his Twitter profile, the most, you know, he, he obviously pinned it. Decommitted from Tennessee baseball. He was on FSU's campus just a couple of days later. He was on FSU's campus last weekend. His decommitment from Tennessee came on January 23rd. Then he was on campus last weekend. And then he just posted, he was on campus like last Saturday, Sunday. He just posted the recruiting pictures from his trip on Friday. I'm not trying to read too many tea leaves. I'm not trying to say that. Something's about to happen, but it's it's interesting that those pictures didn't come out like right away, like most kids do. I don't know if there was something, you know, where he didn't want to tweet him so close to decommitting from Tennessee or something, but I think he's a kid that you could maybe put on commit watch. I'm not telling you that he's about to commit, but I think he's a kid that Florida State's doing a really, really good job. 2024 wide receiver, probably. He's a 221st ranked athlete. Uh, 221st nationally, according to the 247 composite. On three is really, really high on him. Is or I'm sorry, 247 is high on him. On three is really, really high on him. Six foot, 170 from Rochelle, Georgia. Again, probably translates as a wide receiver, but an athlete, a four-star in this class. He's somebody that I think Florida State can watch out for here soon. We have mentioned a couple of times now the name Charles Lester. I think that's a name that Florida State can watch out for soon. He hasn't tweeted anything cryptic. He hasn't done any eyeball emojis or set a date. I think that that's a recruitment that Florida State feels like they're doing a really, really good job in. Again, that would be FSU's second five-star of this class. We had a question about uh, the chances of an over-under of 2.5. They pull him in this early. If they get him in February, I think the chances of, of over two increase greatly. You may pick one up down the road. So, Give me an over of 2.5 if that's to happen. Richie, do you like the golf? I don't have the picture up here, but I'll put it up on the screen. Yeah, just for people to see it real quick in front of us. But do you like the golf or I'm not the golf, the uh, pool uh, shoots that that people that we're doing these days? I'm a little indifferent, to be honest, but no, it I love seems this. like the players. That's, well, here's my thing. It seems like the players love it because they all share it on their own social so if it's good enough for the players, it's good enough for me. Because it it does, nobody cares what this 35-year-old man that's sitting in his little man cave thinks about uh, what's going on. I care what these uh, recruits, those prospective student-athletes think. And if they like it, which they seem to, I'm all for it. I'm not going to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't like. I only care what gets the best talent to Tallahassee, Florida. I'm with it. I'll take that answer all day, Richie. Guys, make sure you do us a favor and hit that like button. And if you have any questions or any comments or you just want to show a little bit of love, you can also hit the super chat as well. Thanks, Stan, for reminding us to remind them to like the uh, <laughs> video. Uh, shout out Gramco. Hey, Gramco has a Super Bowl box that you guys need to go get on. You probably need to get it ordered like today or tomorrow to make sure it gets to you in time. I'm not going to read off everything in it, but it's well over $250 worth of product. If you use code DFNS25 or TJ25, either one, it doesn't matter. They both come through to us. I know that when I do the solo videos, it's TJ25. So whatever. If you use a code, you can save 25% off of the already marked down price. You get well over $250 worth of product for $130. 
Go check out thegramco.com. If you're throwing a Super Bowl party and you're going to have hemp involved, make sure that you just get it all at one place. They will get you taken care of. Really, really, really good stuff. Thegramco.com. Appreciate them for their support. All right, Richie, Florida State was not operating in a very good place financially a couple of years ago. I don't want to, I want to give Alfred all the credit here, but it seems like some things even maybe started to get turned around just from, you know, his work with the boosters and some other fundraising and stuff that was happening. He obviously wasn't the AD at that point um, when some of this turnaround started to happen. But Florida State, uh, a report came out from the Orlando Sentinel, is now, now has a $10 million surplus, has been operating in the black for two years now, as far as fiscal years go. And it feels good to not be poor anymore, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you, we have the footnote there, right? 2020, obviously COVID is to blame, but we operated a $26 million deficit. Now that'll happen when 20% capacity is the max for all these games and, you know, sometimes less than that even showing up because the product wasn't very good. I think Florida State fans are excited again. I think the most important thing to note about this is that this is talking about July 1st, 2021 to June 30th, 2022. So this does not even include the 10 and three campaign Florida state just did, which included a win over LSU in new Orleans, a state championship, a win over Oklahoma in the cheese at bowl. And a large part of the surplus, according to the report from the Orlando Sentinel was increased booster donations. So Michael Offord's doing a bang up job. And the fact that again, that this was all before a 10 and three season, man, don't let us go out and have some success in baseball and people see where Link Jarrett is, was the right hire and everything else because, again, we can't credit anything from the current fiscal year to next year's football team. But, again, you're on a trajectory that you'd like to be on right now. And to have a $10 million surplus is outstanding because, again, COVID 2020, and that's nobody's fault, uh, is a global pandemic, but a $26 million deficit it's impressive what Michael Alford's done. And I think he does deserve the lion's share of the credit here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and I'll get to William's super chat here in just a moment. Um, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You know, you've got three home sellouts, you know, the Clemson game was literally hundreds of tickets away from a sellout and they were all returned by Clemson. Uh, Florida game was a sellout. BC game was a sellout. Um, and then a, a really strong uh, crowd for the Wake Forest game. If you remember that, Florida State yeah. came back. They were 4-0. I know that was the hurricane week. But a lot of people got up there. Now, they did give a, a lot of tickets away for that, too. But a good crowd for that. And so you, you've got some really, really strong crowds in there um, and some good games that I think you'll you'll see that take another step. You could, I, you know, again, I know these are minor things, but you'll probably, we'll talk about hoops here in a little bit. You'll probably get two NCAA tournament games um, in Tallahassee with the women this year. Um, looking yeah. like they're going to be a four seed. And so, yeah, it all adds up. Baseball has a renewed sense of excitement. Softball is always going to be a lead. I know those don't contribute a ton to the bottom line or anything, but I, I do think that they, you know, every little bit helps. And, you know, just the fact that Florida State's operating operating back in the black is huge. Um, listen, I told you guys I wasn't going to not do this again, but so here we go. I finally get found this one. William, you were the first one to do it, so you get to hear this. Put a smile on your face. Okay, because Florida State – if we gonna do it, then we do it big. Let's go, baby. Put a smile. All on right, face. I like it. Appreciate you, William, for the super chat. William is always here to comment and always supporting. See the wide receiver from the same high school that Hakeem uh, came from. Walk on. Okay, so this fan base loves them some walk ons, Richie. Um, 
Yeah. Listen, I don't. I think the wide receiver room. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he would smoke any of us in anything. But that wide receiver room is so deep. You know, I was looking at it today actually when I was doing some stuff, and that wide receiver, like nobody. I don't know how the guys in that wide receiver room are, are going to get touches, and that's probably why Malik left. No shots. I'm glad he did. Um, but yeah, I, I there certainly won't be any walk-ons on. Could he be a kind of guy that maybe, you know, under a scholarship in a couple of years? I mean, I hope. I hope for the very best for him, but I'm not anticipating uh, that that happens. Um, ticket sales, Richie put some notes here. Big reasons for the second year of revenue for FSU included the end of attendance restrictions. Ticket sales increased by 294% as home venues reopened to total capacity and the athletic in the 2021 athletic calendar after being limited during the pandemic. So again, really, really good stuff that we're no longer operating in a deficit. Appreciate you guys for tuning in for you guys watching today. Got a couple more things and we'll try and get to some questions, some other super chats. You guys have anything that we can answer or talk about. Let's talk about it down in the comments below. Um, FSU fans, you are already shopping for FSU gear. So make sure you're shopping at Garnet and Gold. You can go to garnetandgold.com. I was up in Tallahassee last weekend and I made sure to stop by Garnet and Gold actually twice because I forgot something the first time. But make sure you're shopping at Garden Gold. If you are, shop online. Use our code and save 15%. You can use uh, NOSLAW, N-O-S-L-A-W, to save 15%. If you're there local in the Tallahassee area, you can still use it. Just do in-store pickup. You save on shipping that way, and you still save 15% off. It won't work in the store. If you're going up for the spring game, make sure you get your orders in beforehand. Don't get caught up in the traffic jam that will be the spring game. Get your orders in at GarnetandGold.com. No slaw for 15% off. We'll have tickets coming out. They're actually already listed if you follow us on Eventbrite. But we'll have tickets coming out with some exciting stuff for the spring game tailgate this weekend. William asked when they start practicing. They haven't announced the date for spring football just yet. But I would anticipate that if the spring game is on the 15th, you've got about three weeks of practice before there. I would anticipate it's the second week, the second to last week of March would be my guess there. Somewhere in there. You, you get three weeks of practice. So if you just back it up from that spring game, I think you're looking at about three weeks of practice being there. All right. So I let's think roll. real quick on that, TJ, spring break is from March 11th to the 19th. They will not practice during then. So I would assume they start a week or two before spring break. They'll yep. take spring break and then I'll have their final week off. of practice before, or, or they'll probably do one week spring break, two weeks spring game. If I had to guess based on history. Yeah. Makes sense. So Okay, so some cool news here, and we like to keep up with guys after they leave uh, to go on. I didn't come up with a a, 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 well, yeah, I don't know, title for the bottom or anything like that. But <laughs> Jamie Robinson kind of showed out during senior bowl practices and the yes. game. He was voted practice player of the week by uh, his peers on the American team. Um, pretty cool to see. Uh, you know, he, he had some cool comments, but – I really like Jamie Robinson. There's a lot of people that are very, very high on him. It just takes one NFL GM to be like super high on him for him to be a day two guy. He's going to have to test incredibly well, I think. Just Brendan Sinone of Knowles 247 put out some notes just on his size and where he stacks up against other safeties. But and his athleticism and his kind of motor and the dog that's in him is, is really, really impressive. And so it's cool to see good things for guys who came to Florida State and kind of laid it all on the line. He's really our... Big, big pro prospect, obviously, that we're looking at this year. But cool to see Jamie Robinson getting out there and mixing it up and, and seeing everybody in, in the nation kind of fall in love with him like we have the last two years. 
Yeah, he's just Mr. Consistency, right? And I'll, I'm always going to remember him for throwing Jacuri Brown down to the ground like a rag doll in that Miami game because that, to me, is the highlight of the season that I, I remember nonstop. But it, again, and you listen to Mike Norvell talk about Jamie Robinson. He's very consistent. The way he practices is the way he plays. He shows up every single day. He's not one of those guys that has all-world talent that can maybe you know take a couple plays off in practice – but when the game time sh- comes, he can turn the light on and, and just dominate. No, it, his work speaks for itself in what you see on Saturdays and what you will soon see on, see on Sundays. One of my favorite plays was uh, there, you know, his team, the American team, was a punt where it was a phenomenal punt, but it could have easily gone into the end zone. He stops there, grabs the ball, turns around. Tosses it back perfectly to ironically to a Miami player and it's down at the one yard line. And as you said, TJ, I love the way they vote on the practice player of the week because for safety, they let the um, his team's tight end and receiver groups vote on it and they voted yeah. on him. And anyone who talks about Jamie Robinson has nothing but positive things to say. I just wish him nothing but the best. He's going to be one of those guys that has a low key 10 year career in the NFL where, you know, eight years from now, we're going to be watching like, oh, holy crap, Jamie Robinson's still in the league and a starter or a big-time contributor. I'm excited for him and very happy he chose to transfer from South Carolina like so many other talented players. How about this? You wrote this down, and I didn't see this until you wrote in the notes, but he was asked if he could bring one player with him to the pros, who would it be? This actually – I mean, it shocks me, but it doesn't shock me, right? Like, it's kind of like both sides. Like, I can see the answer, but – it's from a guy that he probably spent, you know, a little less time around because you're in offensive defensive meetings. He said Jordan Travis, and that really stood out yeah. to me for for a couple of things, right? I think Jordan has that same dog and that same work and that same mentality in him too. Not that our other guys don't have that, but when that guy's your quarterback, like everybody knew that Jameis was the hardest working guy on the team, right? Like everybody knew that. Like yeah. he wasn't the fastest, and he wasn't the strongest, and he but he was just never going to lose to you in anything. Foot race Arm wrestling didn't matter. Like he was going to work his butt off and beat you. And I kind of, I don't know. Jordan kind of reminds me of that too. Just like that guy who was going to put his absolute every all into everything, and a guy who made that type of impression on a safety, right? A guy that Jamie yeah. only spent two years around. Um, really, really impressive to see. And and we all love Jordan, and we all love the leaps that he's taken. But I think outside of like the the great football player that he is, and how hard he works and everything else, like I, I think he's a pretty good player too. I, I've only gotten a chance to speak with Jordan a couple of times. Um, once in person, once on the phone, and both times, man, he's just like the coolest, most chill, like dude to just be around and, and chat with. So I think his player, you know, you know, again, I know I'm going heavy with the Jameis comparisons here, but I think the way that Florida State's roster fights for its quarterback now is similar to what it did um, back when when Jameis was here. So I thought that was cool to hear that he said, like, I'm glad it didn't get Jordan to go with him to the pros. But I thought it was cool to hear uh, JB say that. Yeah, and, and luckily, uh, you know, we've had the opportunity to interview his brother multiple times on this podcast. Shout out Devo. It, it should come as no surprise. You know, Lindsay and I got to meet uh, his parents when we were talking to Devo at the team hotel in New Orleans, and his parents are super impressive as well. But the actual quote from Jamie Robinson he said, a lot of the scouts asked me, uh, who would I take with me to the league or just the best player on the team? And I'll say Jordan Travis every time. If we would have won more games, I feel like he would have won the Heisman Trophy. He definitely helped change the program tremendously. That's such a cool thing to hear from 
one of the most respected senior players on Florida State's team this past year, talking about the leader of our team um, really last year and especially heading into this year. Just really cool, the brotherhood that this team is showing. I just love all of it and every bit of it. And Jordan Travis, it, it, he's the one guy, you know, you you worry, man, all this hype heading into a season, hype and trophy, et cetera. Now, I, I don't worry about Jordan Travis. I do think he has his head on his shoulder straight. Like you said, I think it helps. He has an older brother who went to the MLB and got humbled a little bit and made it back and is now coaching the MLB. I think that helps a lot. And especially because they're so close, TJ, you shared that picture of uh, Jordan and Devin when they were little kids uh, and FSU baseball shared it. Just really cool stuff. Um, but hearing Jamie say that and, and everything, you know, connected is just awesome to me. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, all right, we've got a little hoops on a little segment on FSU hoops, and then we'll try and go through some questions to get out of here again. If you haven't already, make sure you hit the thumbs up button. Make sure that you're subscribed to the channel, and we certainly appreciate those who even during this episode have uh, chosen to be members of the channel. Again, you can hit the join button just below, or you can hit the link at the very bottom of the description to show your support and join the channel. Uh, thankful for those who have signed up to be members while we've been on here today. Um, little hoops talk, Richie. Florida State, I didn't see any of this game last night or yesterday. Um, just kind of busy doing a couple of things. But I, I did see on the timeline that the score was pretty wide, and then it got not so wide. Um, I watched Cole Haynes' video on his Instagram today. Uh, it got pretty pretty close there at the end, but Florida State was able to hold on and get a big win. Eight in a row against Louisville, which I know they're down to and they stink, but always fun to beat Louisville. Um, do you have quick thoughts on the, on the basketball team program, or you just want to move on to Bullgate? Yeah, just an embarrassing loss uh, against NC State. Uh, the worst loss against NC State in school history earlier in the week. Then Louisville came in. You know, I, I felt fairly confident because as bad as we've been this year, Louisville's, they're they're bad, bad. Like, I don't, if people don't follow college basketball, go look up Louisville's record. Look who they've lost to and look who they've beaten. They're terrible. And Florida State came out comfortable with a nice lead. And, you know, we thought, oh, cool. No biggie. I'm glad we'll get this. And then it, they had to hold on till the very end, much like the Florida State LSU game with LSU being a much better football team than Louisville's basketball team. Um, NC State game again. I think we're down 30 to 10 at some point. I, I just don't know, TJ. Uh, but the women's team did beat Duke uh, last week. And, you know, that did not that did not come out controversy. Duke said, Coach, I, her name escapes me right now. Basically came out days after the fact, after the game, I think, against Notre Dame, saying, well, you know, she credits her. She's like, credit Florida State, they beat us. But we played with a men's ball the whole first half. First half, And I don't know if they would have scored more points if we played a little women's ball. And in my mind, I, I, someone who played high school basketball had some very, very, very small offers to play high school or college basketball. I'm sorry. And my sister as well played college and had offers playing colleges or played high school and played, had offers playing college. I'm sorry. You know, the exact difference between a men's, a woman's ball, the second you touch it, right? Even if you haven't played a whole lot, you probably do. But if I step onto a court, especially when I was playing every day in high school and some threw me a woman's ball, I would throw it right back. Like, that's the wrong ball. It, it's that simple. So don't tell me none of the players, none of the refs noticed it. I don't buy it. The ACC FSU denies it, but it was funny because it actually made a lot of local uh, and somewhat national news stories. Did, did you see any of that? 
Yeah, no, it was pretty crazy. And same way, man. Like I played in high school. I wasn't very good, but I played every day in high school, right? Like even when we were out of season, we'd just go hit the gym and be playing every single day. And there were a couple of times where like the balls would get locked up or something. And like there would be like one women's ball around and we'd have to play with that. And it was just like you said, like immediately you could feel the difference. Yeah. And it's obviously one inch in diameter, it's like 29.5, 28.5. But it is insane the different feel of a, of a men's and women's ball. Um, you would know immediately. And, and to think, you know, first of all, the, the way they the way they accused made it seem like some big conspiracy. And, you know, if I, I love Coach Brooke, but if liter- if she's literally running conspiracies to use a men's ball for, you know, one half to try in one game, I mean, why wouldn't you just use it for the whole game? Like if you che- if you cheated to try to get an advantage and you practiced all week with a men's ball to to show Duke that because that was the only way you felt like you could be Duke, then why would you switch it up at halftime? Why wouldn't you just keep it going? You know, like why? You know, why would you outscore be, them by more in the second half than you did in the first yeah, half like, when you switched and, to a women's ball? If if there's anything that's tough for when you're playing and when you're shooting and when you're in a ri- little bit of a rhythm, if you've played for thirty or forty five minutes with a certain, you ever play with a certain ball, like or practice with a certain ball, yeah. and then it gets switched the second half of practice, or you go down the other end of the court, like you're hot on one end of the court, right? You're doing drills with one coach. And then you got to go down to the other end of the court and it's a different ball. And you just like that can even happen when it's just the same type of ball, but just, you know, one's maybe a little worn, a little more or less. Imagine go like switching from a men's to a women's ball. Like everything Florida State would have shot would have been long in the second half. Like nothing would have gone in because of the weight difference in the ball, too. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't buy it either. Duke crying about, you know, anything in hoops is funny to me, whether it's men or women. Love it. So I hope we get them in the ACC tournament and. I don't care if we play with a Nerf ball. We just better win by 30. So ball gate was definitely uh, somewhat interesting to see. Um, shout out the women's tennis team. Had a big win today against um, Florida. Let's not get this wrong. Um, who did they beat? My goodness. UNF, University of North Florida. I uh, saw women's golf was out competing and doing some stuff as well. I lost Richie. I was about to ask Richie for any shout outs, and we were going to get out of here. But Richie uh, – Richie, Richie left me. So now it's just me and you guys. He'll jump back in here in a second. Again, all right, let's go through some questions. If you guys have any questions, we'll spend two minutes on questions. If you want to super chat them, make sure they get in. I thought I lost you for a minute. But if you have, if you want to make sure your questions get read, super chat them. But we'll do a, a couple of the questions here in the comments, and then we'll wrap up and get out of here. Uh, I don't believe that Tristan is related to Timmy based on anything that I've seen. Um, let's see. Need to sustain hype so we can get more one more year out of portal. Mike organic recruiting is just starting the portal. Yeah. I think the portal will stay really big. I think Florida state's built that track record. And even when, even when recruiting does take that leap, I think we'll still be in it for those elite, elite guys in the portal. So I don't really worry about one kind of outweighing the other Um, question on baby Jordan drives to get more yards is coming up season. Jordan drives to get more yards this season. I, I can't understand what you're saying there for man, but I think Jordan has more rushing and passing yards than he did last year. So if that's what you're saying, I agree with that. Um, but if he doesn't, that's not necessarily a bad thing because if he's sitting out the majority of the third and fourth quarter against some of these teams, which should be the case this season, it'll be like Jameis. Imagine the numbers Jameis would, would have put up in 2013 if Florida State was in close games. Uh, like, Yeah, that's, that's true, but the more you – but but the more you think about it, like Jordan really did sit out a lot of second halves too. 
Like you think yeah. about Duquesne, Louisville. I know that's an injury. Miami. Boston College, <laughs> Miami, Syracuse, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech, yeah, Louisiana. So like he's, I know he didn't sit out like all seven of those second halves, but like no. he missed a lot of times in at least seven games, right? The games he played full games the whole time were LSU, the three losses, uh, in Florida and Oklahoma, Oklahoma. so six yep. games. Yeah. So every other game he, he didn't play every drive. And again, I know Louisville was an injury thing. Like he would have played that whole drive, but I mean, did Jameis sit out seven games? Probably. I don't know. He's out a lot. Outside of Boston College, what game was close in the regular season? Well, he played like he played the whole Clemson game. Like, I think he, I think he maybe went out with a drive to go yeah, against Clemson. He, he played most of it, yeah. So there I think that was so just Chibo saying, "All right, hey guys, listen, this yeah, is, we're being this that. is what we're doing right now." <clears throat> like that, he played the whole game pit. was Boston College. He's out in the third quarter, but it was Clemson, yeah. Like he played so the whole pit game, which was like his coming out party. Yeah. Uh, he played the whole Miami game outside of maybe a drive. Yeah, you're right. He came out a lot too. He he came out a ton. It was probably about the same. I think he played the whole Pitt game, the whole Clemson game, the whole Miami game, the whole Florida game, and then obviously all of Auburn. So yeah, like five, six games. Yeah. Maybe Duke, he played a lot. So do I think we keep Jordan Pride committed? Will you, I'll answer that just because you super chatted earlier. No, I don't. I don't think he ends up in FSU's yeah. class. I know that's terrible to say. Um, I'd love to be wrong there. I'd love for people to screenshot this and put it back out later. Um, um, but I, I just don't, I, I think the way it's trending right now, uh, is I think that he's going to end up somewhere else. I don't, yeah. I'd love to be wrong there, but I don't think he stays. So, um, easy way is to look at season attempts. Yeah. Jameis definitely threw the ball, um, more than Jordan did. Now I'm just yeah. curious about that and I want to know. So I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, so in 2013, Jameis threw the ball 384 times. This year, Jordan Travis. Games. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Threw the ball 353 times. So that's right actually not bar, too basically. much different. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about games, the extra yeah. game, well, the extra game, but really Jordan did miss. Yeah. So that's tough. So that, you know, it's tough to know, um, again, how that's kind of split out. But – well, how about 10-year anniversary years. since Jameis's debut in Pittsburgh, and we're going back there for the first time? That That's something to look forward to. If it was not November, I would go. If it was September and there was a home pirate series, I probably would try and convince the wife to make that trip. So, yeah, same thing. September's a terrible month, or November's a terrible month for me to go. That's kind of why I was hoping it was in October, because I probably could have done it. We are going to the Miami game, we're going to the Florida game, and then we're out of town uh, the weekend before Florida, when we play North Alabama, we we were going to the mountains again for Thanksgiving week. So, yeah, that game being in November, I can't do something every weekend in November. I got to have one weekend <laughs> off. So, um, that sucks. But we'll go back in a few years and beat them up there again. So, all right, Rich, you got any shout outs before we get out of here? Um, I didn't, but I was scrolling Twitter earlier and uh, shout out Ingram Smith of the Nolcast. The guy got married oh, last night. God. So uh, definitely uh, really cool to see. Uh, so I just want to throw him a shout out. I guarantee he is not listening to this, but maybe I'll uh, send him a text later. Yeah. Shout out Ingram. Uh, we chatted the other day and he's he does great stuff with the battles in. And I saw, yeah, same thing. I saw it was his wedding day yesterday. 
And uh, I texted him. Actually, I texted him on Friday. Rich, you'll enjoy this. And said, is there any way you could work a Miami dig into your vowels? And he said, you know, I hadn't thought of that. So I'll work on it and see what I can do. So I'm, I'm trying to follow up this week and see if that made it in. So shout out Ingram. Shout out those that hung out and watched. I know it's off season, but we're not taking any weeks off. We'll be here every week. And we'll try and break this down for you guys and talk a little FSU football. Again, if you just tuned in, go back to the beginning. We talked about all the offers in 2024 that Florida State just put out. Some guys we really, really like. Some guys were impressed with the board expanding. Good stuff there. If you watched, if you listened, make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, share, all those things. We certainly do appreciate it. Uh, join us here on the YouTube. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe. And if you'd like to be part of the community, I think it's like the cost of a cup of coffee and you get cool emojis by your name and all this other nonsense that you probably don't need, but it'll make you feel good. It'll make us feel good too. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for hanging out. Go Knowles.